0: A radio show that confesses Christ
1: without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously
2: without taking ourselves so seriously.
1: You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
2: So here we have the, the promise of the virgin birth already. And, and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent, on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel.
1: What in the world? The Lord's Supper
0: <laughs> is to help rediscover your innate goodness. <laughs> Holy. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard.
2: Councilman Darren Latham. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk radio points. Welcome to your favorite Lutheran theological game show, Table Talk Radio. Um, <laughs> today we are introducing a new game. Tell us about the new game, Pastor Wolfmiller. What is the new game?
0: Oh, what? I can't even remember. I thought we were playing Book of Concord B with my arch nemesis, Pastor
2: Ketchelmeier. We are doing that, but then after that, we are playing. Oh, theological taste test. <laughs> I haven't exactly sorted out how this is actually a game <laughs> yet. But we got loads of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got at least. Forty-seven minutes, so we've got to figure that out. So don't worry, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but first, we start the whole thing off with some theological buzzwords.
0: <sighs> All right. Hey, that reminds me of the uh, of this. Uh, you know, it's Easter now. We're Easter season, and we're, so we're rejoicing in the Lord's resurrection. We have that Bible passage in First Corinthians fifteen that says, "Death has lost its sting." And I love it. That's great to talk about how. Death is like a bee, you know, stings Jesus instead. Have I given you that whole thing? No, but saying buzz words made you think of that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It also made me think of how my kids have been playing this uh, honeycomb game on the internet from, uh, from the. They got it on the back of the Cheerios boxes. I never thought that stuff worked. Till I had kids, and They're like,
2: Dad, can we get this and play this game and do all this stuff? <laughs> you mean it worked to make a sale? Does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Before before you had kids, you're like, what idiot buys that just for a game? And now you're the, know, now you're my that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, my theological buzz phrase for you is Pascal candle. What? Haskell Candle. It says, I'm reading this from the Glossary of the Lutheran Service Book. It says, do we need to get CPH copyright permission to do that, by the way? Probably. Okay. Uh, a large candle. Used so, by
0: the way, so why don't you give the definition? And if you are a lawyer for CPH, listen to me in the meantime. So I'll talk very <laughs> softly in the background. <laughs>
2: Lawyers, listen to me. All right. A large Paschal candle the used during the, the Easter tide and at baptisms and funerals to signify the presence of the risen the Christ domain. among His people. <laughs> What did you tell the lawyers while I was talking?
1: Nothing. Okay. Nothing.
2: Subliminal. So you got this candle. <laughs> you got this candle that, that hangs out. Um, the catechism should be in the public.
0: You? Oh, you're talking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the lawyers aren't going to be too happy with you, I don't think. Oh, yeah. They um, invited me. So you have this candle that, that's uh, right there in the, um, well, I don't know. See, this is a this is the thing. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a common practice with the Paschal Candle. Um, do you, does your Paschal candle move around during uh, different parts of the church here? No, it stays put. We're right where we put it. Really, it doesn't. You move? You have a moving? With, <laughs> okay, it's so, like the presence so is like the, the is that like the wheels like the the throne of God in Ezekiel? <laughs> yeah. What kind of Paschal candle do you have? It's <laughs> amazing. You don't have one of those? Uh, yeah. We must have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Remote control Paschal candle. <laughs> now I'm talking about how you know, I've seen it where you have it at the uh, the the um. Uh, the baptismal font uh, a, yes. l- a lot of the time, and then sometimes we'll be up by the altar. I think during uh, during Easter or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't do that? Yeah, ours kind of does that. it comes out <laughs> for Easter season,
0: and then we pack it away for the rest of the year.
2: That's okay. All. Anyway, yeah. Paschal candles is that is comes buzz up phrase. all the time
0: in conversation. Anyways, my um, <laughs> uh, my uh, 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 what is this called again? Oh yeah, buzzword for you. I noticed Pastor Ketchermeyer, by the way, is calling me on my cell phone. My arch-nemesis, Pastor Ketchemeyer, is ready to go. He's rearing, ready to go. you got to wait until the next segment. My buzzword for you is a lectionary. Thank you, for turning, how, uh,
2: thank you for turning your phone off, list, by the way. Are. Sure.
0: Uh, uh, lectionary is uh, the series of readings that we hear in the church. So from ancient times, the church had a year's, uh, series of readings for Sundays and, and important festivals and feasts during the uh, middle of the week. Uh, and then uh, back in the 70s, 1970s, that is, uh, <laughs> the Catholics the Catholics kind of boosted it up a bit and added a three-year lectionary and Lutherans uh, because they jumped on board because the Lutherans look at the Catholic Church like like you look at your older cousin, you know, everything that he does is cool. Anyway, they jumped on board. So a lot of guys you we, you know, we so churches have three-year lectionary, one-year lectionary, etc. That's the series of readings and it's important because you know, the lectionary is is good for a couple of reasons. One is um it keeps moving through the scripture so you don't get stuck on whatever the pastor likes you know a lot of times the texts are texts the pastor doesn't like but he's preaching on them anyways because they're just given to him but also the, you know one of the complaints people have is if you just read the lectionary then you don't get the whole bible well true because it's just it. the only time you read the bible is not just when you come to church you should read the bible every day so
2: anyway there you go Right. Uh, any questions no but do you have an email i bet one of our listeners has a
0: question yeah here's one uh this is from uh shalom oh wait that's, <laughs> that's how he signed his letter this is from joshua <laughs> i just looked at the bottom and it says shalom like what a name it's from joshua great show guys joshua must be hard of hearing I thought Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon oh never mind. Oh, he's got <laughs> yeah, I, I think hearing. you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Show one ninety, this is called. I thought Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon was probably one of the best ones I've ever heard, and he did it in ten minutes. Just awesome. Well, thank you, Joshua. Okay, <laughs> now me. on to Pastor Bombaro. This is where we the last time we played Iron Preacher and uh old Pastor Bombaro out there in San Diego. Uh Had it, But then he he was on to talk about Facebook. Uh, Joshua continues, I'm not a huge fan into Facebook and Twitter. I do have accounts, and I do check them from time to time. I have different uses for each of them. Twitter's how I find news. Facebook is how I find family pictures. Now, it may not have been entirely Pastor Bombaro's intention, but I heard him say that you are breaking the Eighth Commandment by partaking in these services, and specifically when presenting a graphical image of oneself. I just about lost it there. I do play video games. First of all, I don't play games to disciple, witness, or any other such service. I simply play because it's enjoyable. I would like to remind the good pastor, however, that faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. That hearing can take place anywhere, whether it be by Facebook, YouTube, World of Warcraft, or even a podcast. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, here's, highest is Facebook, then YouTube, then World of Warcraft, and then Podcast (laughs) to condemn technology as breaking the law of God is just showing the ignorance of the good pastor considering such things. I am in agreement that people need to go to church and be present among their church. Everyone needs to be physically baptized and physically take our Lord's body and blood. But is the word of God I hear in church any more, any much more word of God than I hear on my phone? Is the sermon I hear from my pastor that much greater of a sermon than the one Pastor Wolfmiller just spoke? Yes, probably. Both, I would say, were the word of God. When I hear my pastor preaching from the pulpit, is Jesus preaching to me in the pew? When I heard Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon, is it Jesus preaching to me in my office cubicle? Forgive me, as I have such a bad short-term memory, I have to write or type things down and then listen. Just hearing Pastor Bambaro say that the Facebook doesn't facilitate <laughs> the physical meeting. Again, I disagree with the pastor. I'm looking, wanting to start a Facebook for our church. I think it would be a great way to track, event, and organize our congregation. Forgive me for being so bold. This pastor's just plain wrong. Holy cow. Someone saying that they will pray for you is trite because they did it over a post. I just cannot find a way to respond to that in a positive way. Look forward to hearing more. Shalom. <laughs> oh, I forgot to read in the voice of Strongbad. All right, let me start over. No, great no. joke,
2: guys. Lord have mercy. Oh, right. Just um, pretend like I did my Strongbad email accent. Yeah, hey, that yes. was really good. Sir. I wish you'd do it like that more often. Look forward to hearing more. Shalom. <laughs> Okay. Um, I suppose you want me to respond to this. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I want you to respond in person. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, come to my doorstep <laughs> and tell me that. <laughs> there's some kind of there's some sort of great irony <laughs> some sort of great
0: irony is that we're um criticizing Facebook on a podcast downloaded
2: on the internet. <laughs> Never mind though. I'm not into irony. <laughs> I know. I noticed that. I remember that from last week. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think, um, I don't think that Pastor Bombaro did say nor implied to say that this is breaking the eighth commandment. Um, uh, what, what Pastor Bombaro's, uh, what I think what he was saying was not t- to say that, um, that God does not work through, through these means. Um, I think what he was saying is that the intention of, 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 uh, the Lord's gifts to people is in the context of real physical things uh notice uh, notice that the lord the lord is always concerned of giving you more and so you don't just come to church and and hear the lord's word um, but he wants to baptize you and he wants to give you his body and blood in your mouth Uh, he wants uh, a a pastor standing right before you a pastor placing his hand on your head uh, giving you holy absolution so all these things are very physical uh Physical um, things that the Lord, the Lord is bestowing to you, so that you have something to touch to know that your sins are forgiven. Um, so, so God is always working through means. Um, now, to, to step back and ask a question: What can God do? Can God uh, uh, speak His word through messages typed on a Facebook status? Uh, well, yes, He can. Um, but I think what Pastor Bombard was getting at is that there is um, uh, that. There is a a, a presence to uh, to what the Lord delivers in the context of of a pastor and a pat when, when you uh, when you call and ordain a pastor you get with him better or uh but you know, for, for the good or, or for not you you get with him his personality and so um in the when the when the pastor stands at the pulpit he is uh, proclaiming God's word in the context of even his personality um, so I I. I it would back up with what, what Pastor Bambara would say. Um, uh, what what are you giggling for? All right, we need to hit oh, a break. Okay. I want to I want to hear your rebuttal, Pastor Wolf, when we get back Darn. in this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I want
1: to be more than your Facebook friend. I don't want this to end. I want to be more than your buddies. How many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one.
2: I know it sounds weird to say I blame it we're back for more table talk Radio. Okay, real quickly, Pastor Wolfman, give give me your rebuttal to what I said before the break. Uh Facebook is awesome and cool
0: also.
2: And by the way, I was laughing because uh that's wait, wait, my rebuttal. Wait, wait, wait. Can I can I can I say point something out? When you're an avid when you're an avid user of Facebook, your conversation yes. is reduced to things like such and such is cool. That's my argument. I just want you know, I to awesome. point out. Uh, You know, what what the
0: result is here. How are you going to overcome that? How are you going to overcome that? (laughs) I, by the way, was looking at uh, Ruben, you know, our OCB, official Calvinist blogger, who was also commenting on that show 190 where I beat... uh, uh, professor and Pastor Bombaro at uh, at uh, the uh, Iron Preacher. And he says, as for his loss on Iron Preacher, all I can say is that Bombaro is at a disadvantage in any table talk radio forum by virtue of being
2: really, really smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does put him at a disadvantage. Oh, man. Enter our guest, <laughs> Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer of Redeemer yeah. Lutheran. <laughs> Church, Alibas, New Mexico. Oh yeah, we we need some sort of cartoony bad guy music to come on when Ketchmeyer comes on. Dun, dun dun As my arch nemesis. All right, well today <laughs> we're we're playing Book of Concord B. This will be interesting. So the idea is the same. You get three rounds. I don't think we we reduce the the length of the entry. Dear listener, by the way, when Evan says interesting, just put those little air quotes around it.
0: Yeah. This will be interesting.
2: Uh, Pastor Ketchmeyer is also the host of Redeemer uh, Theological Academy. You can check that out at RedeemerTheologicalAcademy.org. How are things going over there at the Academy?
1: Uh, They're going great, Evan. Thanks for asking. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to talk about Jesus on the Internet and talk about how he's revealed in the Scriptures, giving to us life and salvation.
2: Uh, yeah, I understand uh, Pastor Wolfmuller is a student. Is he flunking at, or is he getting his work
1: in? <laughs> Well, he has a couple of assignments he hasn't turned in yet.
2: So that is no surprise.
0: <laughs> no surprise. That's what that's what Pastor Ketchemeyer would always say back in the seminary days. So are you gonna do that homework or what?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> None of your business, Prax. That was what I said. If I should have done my homework, then he wouldn't be always walloping me in
2: Bible bee. <laughs> anyway. yeah, yeah, now we're seeing the fruits of your labors. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Pastor Ketchmer, are you ready for your first entry on uh, Book of Concord, B?
1: Okay, I don't think I've ever played this, so uh, I'm ready.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> it's easy enough. I, it's pretty I re- simple. I read something from the Book of Concord, and you have to identify which uh, document in the Book of Concord it comes from.
1: Oh, okay. Easy enough? Easy Well, <laughs> it
2: depends. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, here is uh, your first entry. All well, right. Likewise, they teach that human beings cannot be justified before God by their own powers or merits or works, but they are justified as a gift on account of Christ through faith when they believe that they are received into grace and that their sins are forgiven on account of Christ, who by his death made satisfaction for our sins. God reckons this faith as righteousness, Romans 3 and 4.
1: All right. Well, this right here, when we use the language of they teach, uh, this is the language of the Augsburg Confession. Because uh, we, we've got to keep in mind, of course, these are the Lutheran princes who are presenting what their theologians are teaching, what their pastors are teaching in their churches. Uh, so this is from the Augsburg Confession, of
2: That is correct. So 200 points for Pastor Ketchumeyer. Oh, that's how, we do, that's how we're going to play this, huh? What? What is <laughs> your problem? That's how we're going to do
0: it. What is your problem? The most, the most famous sentence in the whole thing. Just That's all oh, I'm saying. Is that, is that well known?
2: Oh, oh. I didn't know that. Okay.
0: Here's That's your- how, okay. I thought I thought it might be different than Bible B. I thought this might. Here's, <laughs> here's
2: yours, Pastor no. finally, right, Finally, because the tyranny of the Pope has been abolished, people no longer want to receive the sacrament, uh, and they treat it with contempt. This, too, needs to be stressed while keeping in mind that we should not compel anyone to believe or to receive the sacrament and should not fix any law or time or place for it. Instead, we should preach in such a way that the people make themselves come without our law and just plain compel us pastors to administer the sacrament to them.
0: Aha! Aha! Uh, so this is talking about the Lord's Supper. And so there, there's ten documents in the Book of Concord. Um, uh, one for every 100 Calvinist confessions. Uh, <laughs> so you have the three creeds, you Augsburg Confession and Apology. You have the two catechisms, small and large. Uh, you have the uh, Small called Articles, the Treatise on the Power and Primacy of the Pope, and then you have the Formula of Concord, which comes in two versions, Epitome, which is like the Cliff Notes, and then the Full Thing. So, uh, which one of those talk about the Lord's Supper like this one? Well, the Augsburg Confession talks about the Lord's Supper, the Apology talks about the Lord's Supper, Small Cold talks about the Lord's Supper, the Small and Large Catechisms talk about the Lord's Supper, and the Formula of Concord talks about the Lord's Supper. But this one, which talks about how... People don't want to come to the Lord's Supper, uh, but we we want to teach it in such a way that people delight in coming to it. This is a very pastoral sort of instruction, and it sounds to me a lot like uh, Luther's instruction in the large catechism. So I'm going to
2: say, what is the large catechism? Uh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You are looking for the introduction to the small catechism. All right. Pass your introduction. Name.
0: <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
2: The introduction to the Small Catechism. Yeah, it says um, it says editor's introduction to the Small Catechism. Oh. If, if you have your colon Winger, it's on page uh, three forty-six. All right, I'll look it up. I'm going to check this. All right. Three forty-six, you say? Yeah. Paragraph. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Three fifty. Uh, paragraph uh, twenty-one there. All right, moving on. Okay, Pastor right, Ketchum, are you ready for, for round two of Book of Concord B?
1: Yes, Evan, I am because I'm not looking in the Book of Concord right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Here is um here is your round three. I believe that by my own understanding or strength, I cannot believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But instead, the Holy Spirit has called me but through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, made me holy, and kept me in the true faith, just as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and makes holy the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one common true faith. Daily in this in this Christian church, the Holy Spirit abundantly forgives all sins, mine and those of all believers. On the last day, the Holy Spirit will raise me and all the dead and give me and all believers in Christ eternal life. This is most certainly true.
1: Oh, this is most certainly wonderful, Evan. This right here is going to be from the small Christism, I like how did that. That nice. in which Luther is taking the the Christian faith and summarizing it in a very simple way in which we can confess it, which we can teach it, which we can believe it, which we can learn it. Uh, And this is going to be in the Creed, specifically the third article. The irony here of it is most people, when they talk about the third article of the Creed and the Holy Spirit, it's all about the Holy Spirit doing these things to make me have good works. And so the emphasis is on good works, where here Luther is going to emphasize the Holy Spirit giving faith. I cannot believe by myself.
2: Yeah, that, that is correct. So another 200 points uh, for Pastor Uh so the score being the score to four hundred to zero
0: <laughs> By the way, Luther, in his introduction to the small catechism there, was basically quoting himself
2: in the large Catechism. If Anyone was wondering, well, uh, I didn't ask what where the quotation is from. I asked where I was reading from.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. Are you ready for round two, Pastor Wolfmuller? Yeah, yeah. I bet it'll be from the catechism. I'm ready. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the, the first one was, and you didn't get it. All right. Um... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Next time, I'm going to give out the text, yeah. and you can go up against Catcher. <laughs> for since the proclamation of the law alone without Christ, neither makes uh, uh, presumptuous people who believe that they can fulfill the law with their ...outward acts, or drives people into total despair, Christ took the law into his own hands and interpreted it spiritually, Matthew 5. Thus he revealed his wrath from heaven upon all sinners, and how great it is. This wrath directs sinners to the law, and only from it do they really learn to recognize their sins. Moses would have never been able to wring this kind of recognition of sin out of them. For, as the apostle testifies, although Moses is read... A veil hanging in front of his face remains unremoved so that they cannot recognize the law spiritually or recognize what great things it demands of us, uh, that we cannot keep it or fulfill it, nor could it could they recognize how deeply it has cursed and condemned us.
0: Now, this is so this is talking about law and especially the spiritual understanding of the law uh, and the two results of the law, which is just great pride and despair. So, if you just have the law and no gospel, your two choices are, are a, a sinful pride or a despairing despair. <laughs> you like that no now this here's the trouble. Where is this from in the book of Concord? It sounds an awful lot like Luther, an awful lot like Luther but this is so that would be three documents: the small and large catechisms and this uh and the small called articles. But this, I cannot think of where it would come up in the small catechism. It doesn't come up in the small catechism. I can't think of where it would possibly come up in the large catechism, which leaves small called articles. And, and while there's portions of small called articles that uh, will kind of break into this sort of narrative, it, I, I just cannot remember that being there. So, what I'm thinking now is that perhaps this is the formula of Concord, which has extended quotations of Luther on law and gospel. So, I'm going to guess the formula. Uh,
2: are you guessing the solid declaration or the epitome? <laughs> solid declaration. That is correct.
0: Yeah!
1: <laughs> Take that, <laughs> All
2: right, we need to go to a commercial break, and right after this break, we'll... Uh, hit round three. Well, we have probably time for th- two or three more rounds in of budget time. All right. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Don't go
1: We're the no This is Chris Roseborough, captain of Pirate Christian Radio, and Table Talk Radio is PCR's top radio program right after issues, etc., Fighting for the Faith, Sermons from Holy Trinity, The God Whispers, The Gift, Radical Grace, SoCo, Higher Things, The Feast, Dying to Live, Living Water, Words of Hope, Internet Monk, and reruns of The White Horse Inn.
2: And we're back after that short break uh, oh, here on Tabletalk Still doing Radio. my victory dance. <laughs> He's been doing his victory dance all this time. Um,
0: <laughs> Luther quoted in the formula. Do I get extra points, by the way, for guessing what article it comes in? Did you guess what article?
2: <laughs>
0: that must have been while I tuned out. No, I didn't guess what article. I'm asking if you oh. want me to guess what article for extra points. No, that's too easy. Okay. <laughs> it's by the way a great point that luther makes is that the you know how the paul says the veil lies over christ and luther makes the point that the veil there is that is that is the is the um the deep condemning work of the law so that they um the law is here to show us our sin but that is uh hidden from people who will just uh read the law as simply telling us how to act The law has a much more profound and spiritual use. The second use of the law, which is the chief use of the law,
2: is to show us our sinfulness. Right. Way to go. Right. No, thanks. Okay. Uh, Pastor Ketemar, are you ready for round (laughs) three? I am ready. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) The chief question, the controversy over good works. Regardless. (laughs) <laughs> Regarding can read the, te- the subtitle of the article, <laughs> we got to make some rules. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Regarding the teaching
2: wish. on good works, two controversies arose in some churches. First, <laughs> some theologians <laughs> split over the following expressions. The first party wrote, "Good works are necessary for salvation. It is impossible okay. to be saved without good works, and no one has ever been saved without good works." Against this position, the other party wrote, "Good works are harmful to salvation. Uh, Pastor Ketchelmeyer.
1: Well, (laughs) what's uh, interesting about this, Evan, is that you you have these two different parties being talked about. And when we look through the Book of Concord, we see that in the two places where you have two parties being talked about specifically are going to be in the, the Declaration of the Formula, the formula that we have, either a solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord or the epitome of the Formula of Concord where you talk about these two parties, and the two parties are typically going to be the uh, the crypto-Calvinists on one hand and the genuine Lutherans on the other hand. And typically, but not necessarily always, uh, but when we're talking about good works here, so this is going to come from either, either the Formula of Concord epitome or solid declaration, and I'm going to guess epitome. That's going to be my guess on this one.
2: That is correct. Well done. Yeah, well, well done, Brett. Congratulations. 200 points. So the score is 600 to 200. Uh, Pastor Wolf, are you ready for another one? Hey, don't you want him to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Talk about that more, Pastor Ketchemeyer.
1: <laughs> oh, well, <I> <laughs> the, the, the whole issue with, with, with good works, of course, always comes into play. Uh, where, did, where do good works fit? You have the Roman Catholics on one side slandering us and saying, we teach that we don't have good works and we shouldn't do good works. Uh, And, of course, then you have the Calvinists on the other side teaching uh, and emphasizing sanctification over justification. So it's where do good works really fall fall into place here? Uh, Is it something that takes place that you do to impress God? Or is it something that God does in you in the renewal of the Holy Spirit as God has already been well pleased with you in Christ? Uh, So the issue is, where exactly do good works fall in? Do we teach good works? Yes, we as Lutherans say we do, and we as Lutherans say we actually are the only ones who get it right, because it's a a product of justification, being declared righteous, and then the act of God then uh, acting righteously through us as we serve in our vocations and places where God has put us.
2: Well said. Very good. All right, Pastor, Brass- Pastor Wolfmiller, are you ready for... Your- oh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. born ready. This text doesn't have a chance. Therefore... <laughs> Visitation articles. Bam! Whoa, no. Therefore, <laughs> let pious consciences know that God commands them to believe that they are forgiven freely on account of Christ and not on account of our of our works. Let them sustain themselves by this command of God against despair and against the terrors of sin and death. Let them know that this position has been extant among the saints in the church since the beginning of the world. For Peter clearly cites the consciousness of the prophets, and the writings of the apostles bear witness, and they hold the same position.
0: This is a little bit tricky, this one. It says, uh, this is basically... um, taking the law and using it for the sake of the gospel <laughs> in other words it's saying look uh it's a sin to despair so here's the pious conscience and it and it and it's despairing because see the catholic church had this idea of pious doubt it gets canonized in trent you have to doubt your salvation in order to be a christian it's crazy <laughs> just crazy and so here they say look you're commanded to not doubt you're commanded to trust in the lord here You're commanded to take comfort and have confidence in his blessings. God has commanded it, so he must want you to do it. Um, I think this is probably... I bet you this is is our old buddy Philip Melanchthon writing in the Apology to the Augsburg Confession. That's what I'm going to guess. Ooh, Well done. That is correct. Melanchthon likes to talk about the conscience quite a bit. Well, so does Luther, but Melanchthon is a little bit... I don't know. He's a little bit more... um, kind of direct with his language about the conscience than Luther, at least in the confessional writings. I don't know
2: why that is. Someone should look into that. You got it? I have the next round for Pastor Ketchemeyer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, round whatever on four, I guess, or five, whatever. This game goes on forever. (laughs) Four more minutes of this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose from the dead, ascended into the heavens, is seated at the right hand of the Father, from where he will come to judge the living and the dead. At this coming, all human beings will rise, and their bodies will give an account uh, of their deeds. Those who have done good things will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil things into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. A person cannot be saved without believing this firmly and faithfully.
1: Oh, yes. This is is great because I, I wonder if uh, Pastor Wolf Miller counted this document when he was numbering. But, but I little, did. Little, I little, did. did. I said. Uh, did I said did the you? three okay, creeds. <laughs> no, tell us. Well, go ahead. What?
0: <laughs> I didn't want. <laughs> oh, he thinks I'm giving you a hint. He thinks you're over there. The wheels are churning to see if you can get this.
1: <laughs> no, she. What this is from is from Poor the Creed. This is from the Athanasian Creed, and this is how the Athanasian Creed closes where we confess the Holy Trinity in a a far more extensive uh, uh, way than we do in the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Uh, And that is actually part of the Book of Concord, because the whole point of the Book of Concord is we confess the historic Catholic faith that's been handed down since the days of the Apostles, and we haven't done anything new and so we base and found everything on the Trinity. The whole, so that's actually even the first article in the Oxford Confession. But this is the Athanasian Credo.
2: That is
0: correct. Well done. Hey, there's something. Pastor Ketchumeyer was straightening me out or telling me something the other day. What was this thing that you were saying about, um, I mean, the, the basically the two questions that the doctrine of the Trinity is answering. Um, there's the question of nature and the question of... Well, you had that real nice and simple, but now I've already forgotten. I hope you remember what you said.
1: I, I'm not sure what I said in what context. <laughs> no,
0: it was brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah. i sure it was.
0: <laughs> here, here, though, I think, you know, there's some... Unity uh, an uh, and absence of
1: distinction in persons, maybe?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, I mean, that that's there, of course. But you know what? We have this... Really, the first 400 years of church history, I mean, you here you have Jesus who says, uh, I am God in the flesh, and now the, and now the church is, has to wrestle around with the question, how can God be in the flesh, and how can our flesh be united to God? How, how can these things happen? And out of that comes the creeds and all of this reflection. In How do we understand God in such a way that he can be united with man, and how do we understand this man jesus in such a way that he can be both god and man at the same time and out of that comes our reflection on uh, on the person of jesus the work of jesus and also on god and the uh, the the very clear confession
2: of the holy trinity all right ready for another round <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh pastor Wolfram, it's your turn all right, I'm ready.
1: He was stalling. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know, I know. He was trying to push it past the buzzer. This this will be your final round by the way. Okay, okay. Uh, Double or nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting all my points on the line. <laughs> Too bad Pastor Ketchbait didn't get that opportunity. All okay, right, here it is. <laughs> The Pope's teaching is distinguished from that of the Holy Scriptures, or compared to them, it turns out that the Pope's teaching, at its very best, is taken from the empirical pagan law and teaches about secular dealings and judgments in his decretals, as his decretals show. Beyond this, it gives instruction about ceremonies involving churches, vestments, foods, personnel, along with child's play, imaginary work, and fool's work (laughs) without limit. In this, all things, uh, there is absolutely nothing about Christ, faith, and God's commandments.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is always the Lutheran's criticism of the Pope, I mean, amongst other things, is he probably ought to every once in a while say something about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's exactly why we have a church. I'm going to guess, for the sake of brevity and time here, I'm going to guess this comes from the biggest critique of the Pope in the Lutheran Confessions, the uh, treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope.
2: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You were looking for the small-color articles, uh, paragraph 14. Oh, man. So the final score is uh, Pastor Ketchumar with 800 uh, to Pastor Wolfmuller's zero. You should be playing the cartoon villain music. (laughs) Hey, I got one right at least. Yes, but uh, double or nothing means that you now have have nothing. You were only going to let me do that if I got it wrong. Pastor Ketchum, thank you for joining us. Check out uh, RedeemerTheologicalAcademy.org. And if you're in the Los Alamos, uh, New Mexico area, please go to Redeemer Lutheran Church. Thank you, Pastor Ketchum. After this break, you're going to be listening to Table Talk Radio play Theological Taste Festing. If your sin's
1: original, if it is, try playing it safer. Drink the wine and chew the wafer. Two, four, six, eight. Time to transubstantiate. So get down upon your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect, and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Make a cross on your abdomen when in Rome, do like a Rome man, Ave Maria, gee, it's good to see you, getting ecstatic and sort of dramatic and doing the Vatican right. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, because cable's expensive. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Time for some theological taste tests.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Because I now, oh, that Pastor Ketchemeyer has left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. (laughs) We need to clear that out, clear the (laughs) palate. I'm, uh, I love to watch this show, Chopped. Have you seen that show? Uh, No. Chopped. What is that? It's on the Food Network. It's a cooking. It's like Iron
2: chef except for they have four chefs on there did you wait wait, hold on uh, hold on hold on on. did you just ask me if i've seen this show that's on the food network Mm -hmm. was that an intelligent question why what's the problem
0: never mind i love it never mind go on uh i watch i'm we have the we hannah and i record chopped they just started last week the chopped all-star oh yeah that's good stuff anyhow they got four chefs and uh you got 3 rounds so you you make a 20 minutes to make an appetizer and you open the basket and you have surprise ingredients you got to cook up an appetizer with this thing and then and then someone gets chopped and then there's 3 and they make an they make an entree and then someone gets chopped and then there's 2 and they get a secret basket and they got to make a dessert in 30 minutes and then someone gets chopped and there's a winner they win 10,000 bucks. Now, I was so I I'm addicted to the show, right? And I was watching it. And one of the things the judges will do is they'll they well they'll talk about complexity of flavor or layers of flavor when they judge this stuff and I, that now has stuck with me as a uh, as a, a way to think about um, our own doctrine that there's complexity in Christian doctrine there's layers of flavor in there so that so that um, to be a Christian is not it's not a um it's just it, it there there is a theology there's something to think about i've said before that it only only christians have a theology because everyone else says that god is one and big and mad and good and that's not a theology i mean it's just too simple i mean you, you go and talk to a muslim about god and they can tell you everything they know about god in about like, 30 seconds i mean how long does it say to say the creed right <laughs> is it, am i wrong about that it, i mean there's no there's no real thinking there but when it comes to christianity there's there's um there's more to talk about and to understand about who God is and who man is and who Christ is, etc. So that there's all these layers of flavors. And these layers of flavors correspond to the creed. So, uh, this came up a couple shows ago. We were talking about, is man sin? Remember that? No. Is man sin? I don't remember anything about we that. Did. No. Okay. You've blocked it out of your mind like guess, everything else? I guess so. Do you remember Do you remember when Pastor Ketchelmeyer beat me a Book of Concord beat earlier? I remember, remember that, that? that. That
2: sticks out in my mind, yeah. but uh, <laughs> n- nothing else, really. Uh,
0: <laughs> any Anyhow, uh, there's this question in the Book of Concord. Is man's sin? Is man's essence, nature, sin? And they answer, and they say, no, it's not, because first of all, God didn't create sin, but he created man's essence. Second of all, Jesus didn't assume sin when he assumed man's nature. And third of all man will be man in the resurrection even though he won't have any sin so you have this kind of three level answer to the question and they all correspond to the parts of the creed creation redemption and sanctification so we can do this all the way through with all these questions so for example here's the theological taste test to see if we're cooking right we'll just take for the start of the start with the the doctrine of man and ask this simple question is man good now first uh, so there's a question: Is man good? How how do other religions answer that question?
2: Um, most of them say uh, yes, but is inclined to do bad. Yeah, so their answer is sorta, <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Kinda,
0: but 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 we can actually when when the, we go turn to the scriptures and we start to answer that question. It's it's it actually develops with a number of flavors. So, first of all, according to creation, man is good. We're created in the image of God. Even after the fall, we still have that gift that God created us in his own image. And yet, next layer, we're bad. In fact, totally bad. Before we even do anything bad, we're bad. Before we even sin, we're sinners. Before we even act out on our sinful nature, we're condemned. and We're totally, utterly depraved, bad and wicked. And yet, then, according to the second article, we're forgiven. Given where jesus has assumed our human nature and even exalted it and then according to the third article where we we stand as sanctified that is the holy spirit has made us holy by declaring us holy and also by uh by teaching us to uh, and even helping us to begin to live according to the lord's word so that it, you you have this simple question is man good and you and you answer yes and no and yes and no and yes uh, that's the layers of flavor that this thing has, which is good. It's helpful because uh, it gives us a uh, a sense of the kind of complexity of, of reality. Uh, is it good for uh, a man to be married, for a man to take a wife, for example? You ask that question. You say, well, if, if man was just totally, utterly bad, then it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good to have children because, after all, children would, you know, you'd just be making more sinners who would make things worse and have bad things happen to them as well. But we have this complexity of our understanding of humanity that, that actually adds a richness to this life. You see what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, I understand.
0: I'm with okay. you. So now we can do this with all the different theological topics. We had it with man. The next theological topic is paschal candles. Are they good? Were they bad or what?
2: Um, I would say that they're good for trying to get your buzzword, but they're... Uh yeah, I think they're about good for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, okay. seventy three points for that. Sweet. How many points do you have? How many points do I have? Oh, none. You have seventy three. Nothing. 73. <laughs> I put them all on the line. That was that was a nice try though. I mean, I almost forgot about it because it's so, it a long time ago. Yeah, that's but, right. right. Uh, so let's take a serious other topic. Let's take uh,
0: God. What do we say about God? Well, is God one? Well, yes, he's one, but he's also he's one nature, but he is three persons. Now you actually are beginning to develop a theology. Uh, we can talk about Jesus. See, there's these layers of flavors there. Uh, what, what about Jesus? Is Jesus man? Well, yes. Is he God? Yes. How is that? Well, he's two has two natures, and yet he's in one person. And I got one. I got one. Begin I want to play. With each other. Can I play? Okay. It? Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll point it to you. Uh, the uh, crucifixion is that. Yeah
0: is it good or bad <laughs> is it, good is it good or law bad? or gospel yeah. yeah
2: right i mean the, the confessions say this is great
0: the crucifixion is the harshest preaching of the law because when we look at the crucifixion we see what we deserve and yet we also see that jesus is suffering there for us uh so yeah that's a, i mean that's a perfect example and then we have this thing what well what is happening on the crucifixion well god is dying well how in the world can you have god who can die I mean, do you, you, you see the kind of complexity that is, begins to develop here. In fact, I think the whole six, seven hundred years, maybe even still, of church history is simply this thing: Jesus is, man, is Jesus is God, and now you got to you got to ask the question: How can God be God so, and also also be joined with man? And how can Jesus be both God and man? You got to answer those two questions.
2: Furthermore, the, uh, and uh, the and, uh,
0: you, yes, I'm ready.
2: I didn't say the uh, the cry of dereliction
0: cry of dereliction. Yes! My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How can God be such that he forsakes God? Yes. yes. I think that's probably a good point.
2: Yeah, so uh, th- those are just layers of flavor right there.
0: Layers of flavor.
2: You like the image? <laughs> the layers of flavor? You don't well, like to do <laughs> you? You want to go and call them paradoxes. I know. These are paradoxes. I okay, I'll the listeners when you were explaining this on the phone i said so what you do is you watch some show and, and then you just rename something just we some already talked about it's chopped <laughs> we just rename something that we already have in the christian church like a, a, a paradox and you, oh, okay what this is it's layers of flavor ah oh, see how brilliant that is uh, yeah. I never said it was brilliant, but
0: I <laughs> well, am I am convinced that because I was reading through Paul, you know Paul. Have you heard of Paul? I've, I've heard of Paul. He yeah. wrote some books of the Bible, mm-hmm. and he says that he's talking about how um how all these natural uh, attributes can be kno- these attributes can be known in nature, uh and so uh, uh people ought to know about God, but they don't. They they know God, but they don't honor Him. So He hands them over to the depravity of their mind, and they become simpletons. They become foolish. So that there's a there's kind of a there's a foolishness uh, to not being a theologian, you see, to being an idolater. But when we when we are um, when the Lord hands us over to His Word, then there's a wisdom that comes from reflecting on these sort of things, and there's and th- there is a subtlety now in our theology. I mean, it's not to say that our doctrine is not simple, uh, or understandable, etc. But that it's but there th- there's just more to it. Yeah. All right, so I'll give you another one: the okay. scriptures. Okay. You want to uh, speak in complete sentences? Uh, yeah. So, what what are the different layers of flavor with the <laughs> with our doctrine of the scriptures?
2: Oh, uh, so dummy? so you have, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, was w- was the Bible written by men or was it written by God? Um, right. That, that's a big one because uh, it's funny because uh, someone uh, who is trying to contend against the Bible. Say, oh, that Bible is written by men, and, you, and you're like, yep. <laughs> uh huh. Awesome, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Huh? <laughs> uh, then uh, you can um talk also that uh that the this is this is something that's interesting too. Um, some people don't like to uh, compare one book of the Bible to another. Um, like for example, the use of language or something, and it is true that each. Um, author kind of has their unique uses of uh, language and words, um, but they all have a common author. Uh, that is uh, that is God. That all scripture is God breathed, uh, and so that we can um, we can we can compare how the words and language are used throughout Scripture uh, to each other. True. All right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's. So now we're later. ready to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table
0: Talk Radio. Where the points are like how well I would do if I was on chops. <laughs> nice layers of flair, Pastor. Nice You've been
1: listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's one 800 sola Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time through Table Talk Radio.